Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly. I am your host and uh, chief pundit, uh, Louis McCaffrey. And uh, this week I'm joined, as always, by uh, a newly shaven Christopher Salmani, um, who's also a pundit, apparently, who's uh, been getting a bit of business elsewhere. How are you, Salmani? Uh, not bad. Talking to my agent today, been looking at a, a big move to uh, a real podcast, um, but you know I'll keep the details of that to myself. Thanks for the intro. Uh, happy to be on the pod of the people, as always. How are you, Lou? I'm good. I'm good. Um, being such a um, high-caliber pundit that I am, I've got a major exclusive, which I'm going to drop later in the show, so you need to stay tuned. See, wherever it is, I know where it is, but I'll let you have the exclusive. Thanks. Um, I'm also joined by Barry. Barry Gallagher, how are you today? Um, I feel very honoured to be in uh, the company of such Celtic experts um, <laughs> and both spoken and written press it seems so uh, thanks for having me on No bother, last week or last time you were on the show was it last week? Last time you were on you were in a fighter jet so it's nice to see you back on the ground and uh, we can hear you clearly <laughs> um, worried about that all week <laughs> Speaking about another uh, another rocket and uh, another bouncer he likes to do the bouncy weekly his name is Christopher Bowd Bowd, how are you? Hail, hail, Louis, hail, hail. I'm good, I'm good. Delighted to be here on are the weekly. Doing, are, are you doing the hail, hail thing in every podcast that you're on now? Every single one. Don't you yeah. fucking worry about it. Uh, listen, I know what it's like to get your first hit. You've got to churn it out and churn it out. Um, well, so, so I don't blame the, man you. That, the man that brought you plankton, Louis. Um, oh, that, that's right. That, that's A lot of people think that is a Chris Gallagher uh, Phrase, but well done, Bout. Yeah, anyway, I'm just going to jump in there. Bout's got a strong body of work, you know, solids that go along. I be, like, I be he can't remember it. But yeah, you, true. you know, you only look at the big hits, the big monster summer numbers. Bout's body of work stands up next to anybody. Continue. See anybody who says body of work, they deserve a fucking slap, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> anyway, um, fair way to describe my portfolio, Louis. <laughs> It's terrible. Anyway, how how are we all doing with, I mean, do we even call it lockdown anymore? Has anybody been to the pub? So, Manny, you put a pint in the, the group chat. Yep. Pint of Guinness. Um, do, do you want outdoors. to tell us where that was? Uh, Burnside Hotel. Um, decent pint of Guinness. I was a bit worried that it wouldn't be very good in there, but uh, it did the job. So, the, when it was it Sunday, I think I was there, a couple of pints. Um, it's not quite the same as being inside, and obviously that's coming soon, but it's nice to get a bit of normality in a couple of jars, you know. Anybody else been it? Yeah, I was at West on Friday. Um, me and Alan were there, actually. Um, and it felt good. It felt good to be back. Although, I think it took me to about lunchtime yesterday to recover, so I've not missed the hangovers. Um, but there we go. Bow, you still struggling for the weekend? Aye, aye, but I had a wee socially distanced garden party slash man cave baby um, How do you socially distance in a man cave but it's a pretty it's a pretty big there's two meters I mean there might have been you know drunken moments of uh, affection and embrace yep it's been a long lockdown some boys I've not seen for a long time um, listen you've been longing for an embrace for the boys we all know that that's, that's fine good on you um, I, the pubs are on tomorrow I, I'm, I think I'm going to go to one I am going to go inside the pub tomorrow I'm looking forward to it um, I know there's a lot of people who are very cynical about it but I don't know I'm happy to be involved what booze are you going to? Um, the quake um, no much has happened with Celtic so we might as well talk about the pub uh, we might as well um, the quake in Shawlands is my my local we swamped by autograph hunters tomorrow though now that you've revealed that big exclusive I know I know um, except hey, but, the Galician birds isn't it you going to the quake tomorrow yeah, hopefully I can get an article out on some dodgy website tomorrow and I could print that off and take it to the pub with me I'd be a superstar um, the the green-eyed envy coming off of you, Louis, is absolutely shocking. The bitterness, the disappointment. Oh, because I didn't get in. Exactly. Of course, I was fucking. It's my show. I'm the host. They're taking taglines for my show and not even give me a shout out. Shit. Anyway, I'm sure you'll be on next week after all this dummy spitting. 
Absolutely. We should probably talk about Celtic. That's probably my best way in. Um, the hoops are back. We've uh, it's been a long kind of four plus months of uh, no no real Celtic to talk about in terms of football. In terms, it's all about to change because we're going to be back playing football again. We've uh, we are in or the Celtic players are in France. They are in Lyon. Just touched down today. We've got three games uh, coming up. Le- uh, I think we play Nice first on Thursday. Uh, we play Lyon on Saturday and we play Paris Saint-Germain PSG on Tuesday. Um, the, the players have obviously spent the last week in uh, Loughborough um, training and, and having a bit of time away. Personally, from what I've seen on social media, it looks as if it's been worthwhile you know the the content that they've put out in the social media and stuff it, it looks as if um the players have been training pretty hard um one kind of big admission from that uh, squad was lee griffiths who it came out this week in the last few days that he is not with the squad so he didn't go to loughborough and he is also not in france because apparently he's not fit He's he's failed a lot of the tests during lockdown, and he's came back, and he's not fit. What do we think about Lee Griffiths' time up? Well, I've been here before with him, um, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in thinking that he probably wouldn't have played to any sort of level for us again after after you know he was he'd been away with his, 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 his mental health problems and things like that. It just seemed as if it was awful hard for him to kind of get through them and he hadn't played for us for so long. Um, and I think quite a lot of us had doubts he would ever come back. So one thing I wouldn't do is, given the contribution he made after Christmas this year, is write him off. It's not very professional if it's true that he's been overweight and he's not come back in condition. You see some of the other players in the videos that were putting online and things like that. But Griffiths has got a habit of when he's down, when he's you know the, the chips are stacked against him, I think some, I don't know, it looks as if he, he's able to kind of draw strength from that and go and prove his doubters wrong. Now, there's a lot of clubs and a lot of managers that might have taken a look at Griffiths and said, now nah, your time's up, you're done. But when you've got a fully fit Griffiths, we know, you know he's a quality player and he's, he's had a number of chances at Celtic. But I think it would be remiss to say that's him done now. You know, I just think it's part of the makeup, part of the baggage sometimes with Lee Griffiths that, Sometimes you need to make him, you need to kind of push him to go that extra mile. And I do think sometimes he responds to being under the caution, people. So it's no great. Was I surprised that it happened? No. And do I think that's the end of him? No. I, I, hopefully, this, he just knuckles down and we get to see um, some of the best of him this season. I think, similar to, I agree with what you're saying, Samari. Like, he's, he almost thrives on that sort of negative energy but we'll come on to talk about signings as well but if Celtic are going to go out and spend money on a on a striker I know that we'd sort of we'd spent a significant outlay on Carmella but he's not really had a chance but if we are going to spend money on a striker it might be that he just falls down the pecking order now because there's always so many times you can you can do that to the club um, and the significance of this season um, you can understand why if he has come back in poor condition that Lennon and the coaches have thought like you can't be doing this the season that we're going for 10 how, how many you know the one the one thing that kind of frustrates me is just how many times he seems to have these episodes and of course he's struggled massively with, with mental health issues um, and the club have done their best and I think the fans have done their best to, to back them and support them um, and you would hope that that would kind of be repaid a bit um, and obviously he did come back in and make such a telling contribution in, in the, the games after Christmas but you know it's you can't, you can't really. It's a difficult situation to be in, you know. You, you can't say for someone who's struggled with mental health that where, where do you draw the line? Is there a point where you have to go look? This is this isn't to do with your struggles in terms of mental health. This is you just not being professional enough as an athlete, or is it just such a dodgy one that no one will really want to make a, you know, make a kind of. 
negative decision in terms of his career. I mean, but surely it comes a point where the club can't just keep giving out chance after chance after chance. Kind of any workplace, you're going to have reasonable adjustments, but there is a point where, you know, you've got to be able to literally do that job. Um, with Griffiths as well, I think where there are mental health conditions or, or mental health issues, lockdown has been tough. Um, it's been tough on all of us, but I think particularly those that have got a history of, of mental health are finding it really difficult. Um, and that's talking from, you know, I know quite a few people impacted by that. Um, but ultimately, uh, with Griffiths, if he's not fit enough to, to play um, and he's getting chances and he's holding back players like Klamala and Bayo, I think ultimately that could have a negative impact on the squad. But as we said, I mean, if he's fit enough to do it, he can deliver when he when he does. So it's just about... Jenkins how... right then, leaving him in... Jenkins Lennon's played it right then, leaving him in, in Glasgow. I don't think it does anyone any favours if he brings them along and he's literally not in shape. You know, if he's not ready to play full games and they might not be competitive games but they're against a very high quality opposition um, you know if he's literally going to embarrass himself by playing or you know isn't up to it it's not going to do him any favours so I think if he's if he's at that point where his physical fitness isn't where it needs to be you should be working on that so I think that probably is the right decision from Lennon See in terms of saying that there's only so many chances a player can get this is a guy who's consistently came back after all of his chances, now you could make an argument he's consistently messed up. But the fact is, just before lockdown, he was a seriously important player for us. And that's a guy who's, you know, you can count how many times, you know, you, you, you could bring off dozens of times where Griffiths has done something and the support or some people in the media have said he's finished at Celtic and yet he keeps coming back. Now, the you could make the argument it will come a point whereby he can't keep doing that, but the problem is he keeps he does keep doing it. So I ain't going to write the guy off and see if he has to stay back here to get himself into prime condition. That's absolutely fine. See if he can hit the ground running for us and get some of the important goals he got for us after Christmas this season. I don't really care. Now that's a big if. You know, I mean, he might you know he might waste these chances. The club might you know it it, it might go differently. But if he can get himself into the position that he needs to be by staying back and he hits the ground running when the season starts, I couldn't care less. But, 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 but one, the one thing, though, is that Neil Lennon's trying to manage a squad of players and you've got the likes of Clamala and Bio, who, from what I've seen in the, in the footage that we've seen, they, they both of them look fa- in fantastic shape. Mm-hmm. And I think Clamala, by all accounts, you know, Lennon himself was saying how he and Sorrow had settled in so well and he was really pleased with them and stuff like that. I mean, from that point of view, from the, the man management point of view, someone like Clamala and Bio are going to be like, right, hold on. We've worked really, really hard to be in top shape over this lockdown and come back raring to go. And then if Lee Griffiths just stays behind in Glasgow, gets himself fit, and then suddenly he, he, he you know, leapfrogs them in the pecking order again and starts up front with, with Eddie, that's not really going to, you know, that's not going to help um, kind of the morale of those players potentially. So Lennon's also got to kind of factor that in, is he not? That's, yeah. that's, that's only if he does leapfrog them. And you've got to assume that if they put the work in, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in Lennon's plans. And I don't think Lennon's just going to play Griffiths because Griffiths got history at the club. Do you know what I mean? So I know what you mean, but that would only be on the assumption that he started before them. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Sorry. Sorry, I'll I'll let somebody else come in in a minute. But as Barry said, he might just go down the pecking order. But then again, that might not be a bad thing either because when he's got a chip on his shoulder, that's when you see the best from him working hard, maybe. Who knows? And it's only three games, but that those three games are Clamalla and Bayo's chance to show Lennon that they've they've got enough to do it. And you know, if they don't take that opportunity, then it's it's surely on them as opposed to, to They're get. also the only three preseason games we've got, but yeah. he's missing them all. Yeah, he's also missing two weeks at training where it's double sessions by Doctor because you can see in Instagram videos they're doing stuff in the afternoon so that's the time where when it'll be working on if it's going to be 352 or 4231 or 433 and also just bonding with teammates um, 
especially after as Bowd mentioned lockdown being away from everyone, that would have been a time to socialise again and um, sort of develop relationships and uh, reignite relationships with his pals and, and the team and stuff like that. So that is a difficult one, but time will tell. And who's to say we won't buy another striker as well? So we just need to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, we, listen, we would all we all hope that Lee Griffiths is all right, first and foremost, all right within himself mentally and, and secondly, that he can get himself in shape and, and get back. And Because undoubtedly, as you say, Samani, he's, he's got a lot to offer when he's on it. Um, just before we move on to the games that are coming up, um, as Barry said there, we've, we've been linked with a striker, um, this boy Wiseman that plays in Austria, a forget the team that he plays for if anybody knows Wolfsburger or something Wolfsburger um, by all accounts I think Christian's put up a lot of stats I mean there's not many that matter but he's got a full sheet of like numbers and things related to this guy um, uh, it sounds like he's reached his he's okay. kind of reached his peak in terms of he's not a player that you're going to buy for potential I'm not sure what age he is I think he's 28 no he's 24 so oh, he's, he's 24, right? Sorry. So there's probably not a lot of growth there, but it's not like he's. Yeah. Uh, he's that's, done that's that I mean, that's. That's better than what I thought, but by all accounts, he scored a lot of goals um, in the past year. Um, do you think. Are we. Are we uh, there's a lot of speculation in the group chat and on, on Twitter about, well, if we're buying him potentially for six million, then that's Eddie away. That wasn't my first thought, especially then. That it was around the same time that the Griffiths um, story broke. Could he be coming in, and you know, to to maybe take over from a Lee Griffiths, or is he in to take over from an Edward, or is it just daft? I mean, one thing I was thinking of is, you know, do we do we sometimes maybe get too bogged down by players' positions? You know, if if you look at that squad of players that is training just now. Lennon will be looking at them, looking at them, and saying they all offer different things. I mean, if you look at the strikers alone, they're all quite different. You know, maybe maybe having a squad of players in in practical terms for a manager is actually quite different to what we maybe see it as. All right, we've got four strikers already. We can't possibly have a fifth without getting rid of one. Do you think that kind of plays a part? I think you're talking like Craig Levine, where you're fucking all players are the same bollocks. No, but... he didn't like strikers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All my midfielders are strikers, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got a point. I think, well, simple fact is we're not getting another Eddie as, as hard as we might try. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Wiseman could be more of a, if you have to replace someone, a replacement for Griffiths, who is basically the second best striker in the league, the league right now after Eddie. Um, but the other thing is, Assuming, hoping that Eddie stays this season, he's going to be going next summer, you would imagine, if he does stay. So we want somebody who's in and ready. We don't want to be replacing Eddie next summer. Who cares about next summer, about Who cares? That does not matter. Ne- We're all going to be too mad at next summer to even know what the crack is. See, um, that's, that's what Christian says. Now, not that I'm wanting to quote Christian on this podcast, but he but always gonna- you should have the player to replace your star player in before you sell them. So, although, speaking to my mom within the club, being an uh, in-the-know Celtic pundit, I can exclusively reveal all, That's you, a bit of quote. all you blog writers out there that there is a 50-50 chance of this deal going through. It's about and half, half chance of it going through. You I can, can on that. exclusively reveal that your mole is Craig Burley. I don't give my sources names away. But listen, there's about half a chance <laughs> this guy's going to sign for us. I think he would be amazing. Yeah, you, could, you talked about the the stat report that, that Christian put out, and I think you're a wee bit... Again, I don't want to defend Christian. Fucking load of shit. Uh, it's not. Um, the stat, he did, he did put out the stats, which were really strong for this guy. Like, I think he was pretty much taking away all the, you know, strikers that weren't realistic. He was about as good as anyone outside of Eddie who was better than every, every one of the people in the, the database. Um, but 
they also had people, we've had cynics watch Sean Weissman literally watch every single action he's taken, every pass he's made, every shot he's made, every tackle he's made. Um, and again, the cynics that, that watched, watched him seen him as pretty much the best striker they'd looked at in that group. Uh, so I think I think he's definitely a quality striker. If we can get him, I think it'd be a good bit of business. He seems to be something different as well, doesn't he? Because he, from the limited footage I've seen him when he looks powerful and he can score off both feet. Um, I think I can't remember who it was. One of the cynics sort of compared his finishing to Hooper. Um, sort of just gets on the end of things in the six-yard box and stuff like that. So I think you can always improve. Obviously, improving on Eddie's near on impossible. But um, I think if there's a player becomes available, similar to what you said, if a player becomes available, why not go for them, especially in a season like this? If you can't push, push the boat out in a top-class player this summer, then you're never going to do it, I think. Yeah, personally, I, I, I'm happy with the strikers that we've got. I think, you know, unless one of them's going to move on or one of them can't be relied upon, then okay, maybe bring in another. But, you know, I, I like the four of them. I think there's a lot to offer there. I think people need to give Bio a chance. They need to give uh, Klamala a chance, especially. I mean, he's hardly at any game time. Um, and he, as we spoke about, if it was last week or the week before, you know how quickly these players are judged. Klamala can't be judged yet. His, this is this is his start of his Celtic career coming up. Um, and I'd be quite happy with the four that we've got, to be honest. I don't know how you can say that, though. I, I understand you're right. We don't know about Klamala and we don't know about Bio. They haven't had their chance. But to say that we're happy, we're strikers. Well, we signed them about. I, well, so what? That every player Celtic signs, you're happy with, and that's that. No, but we we, we must. Big Rao chops on the right wing. Big Rao chops. He was the future. No, listen, we we uh, we, we obviously signed. Remember you liked Katie. Fuck KT. Rat. Rat. Point out. I'm specifically wearing my KT sixty three megaphone t shirt for you, Louis. That's disgusting. Especially for you. We obviously signed Clamala and Bio for a reason. We'd obviously done the research, had them scouted, and we signed them. I mean You're happy with that's that's great. And Celtic you trust. Well I of course. (laughs) I just think no of there's potential in Clamalla and Bio, but see if none of them came with a sort of... I noticed the Austrian... Is the Austrian second division? Um, maybe the top league, I don't know. But no one came with that sort of record of goals-to-game ratio. Um, so, I think... Clamalla was maybe the next Lewandowski or whatever. I mean, he was <laughs> he getting... played about he, 14 games or something, you know? Yeah, he was getting yeah. all, the, all the plaudits. Big yeah. Bio, man. The YouTube... Insane. Um, anyway, the other bit of... Well, I, we'll come on to that actually later on. Um, these three games coming up, who are, we, who are we kind of most interested in seeing in these these three games? And, and also, what would your... You know, what do you think the, the kind of... Not the, the tactics, but the plan will be... Obviously, it's all about fitness. It's just trying to get our fitness up. But it'll hopefully give us an indication of maybe a formation that we might be playing, especially if we play, you know, the, the same sort of team in all three games, which, let's face it, it's probably unlikely. I think at halftime, you'll see a, a new team come out for the second half. But personally, I I'm, I really want to see Sorrell. I really want to see Klamala. Um you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe some of the younger boys, and we're going to come on to talk about the younger players later on, but the likes of Robertson and things like that. You know, I, I always think you should try and use these games as much as you can to learn about the players you don't know as much about. I mean, you're not going to learn too much from Scott Brown at this point, but obviously he's going to need minutes to, to kind of just get up to speed again. But is there anybody in particular that you're really looking forward to seeing in, in the games coming up? Um. Aside from what you've said, so Clamalo, uh, Clamalo, Clamalo and Bio definitely. Um, we Embers naturally. This could be his breakthrough season. We might get to see a wee ten games, twelve games. Do you think from Dembele? Um, but the other one for me is Bolingoli. I'm really interested to see if Lennon's given him a chance and what he does with that chance if he gets it. Yeah, that's a good shout because he was completely frozen out for the second half of the season. Uh, the, the Clyde game in the Cup so hopefully over lockdown and stuff it's a clean slate for everyone and Bolingola gets a chance um, 
again because you'd imagine with a significant sort of outlay to buy him, he'll be on decent wages and um, and Taylor as we all know never really set the header alight so it would be good to see Bollingoli and as you said Sorrow Sorrow seems to be featuring a lot um, in the Celtic coverage that they're putting out and um, yeah hopefully he's settled in now and sort of ready to go because I think Brown will need uh, sort of rested and for some games this season maybe the cup games or um, some of the lesser games at home so it would be good to see Sorrow He's carrying us to the 10, Barry. He's got the rest of the squad on his back, <laughs> running through that finishing line. I've got a wee feeling that um, we might see one of the young players come through at the back. I think Welsh or O'Connor might be next in line after Frimpong um, to kind of stake, stake a place there. Especially with all the, the, the kind of, what do you call it, speculation about IR and AC Milan and things like that. Obviously, Samunovic is left. There's a gap there. Um, we well, certainly haven't heard much in terms of transfer talk about reinforcing them. So it might be that there's a confidence that one of those guys can step up. So I've got a wee feeling that even if we do sign a replacement, those guys might get some game time this season. We've seen Welsh. Was it, was it Dundee he played it? Or Hamilton? Was it Hamilton? Hamilton, Hamilton game. And he looked quite steady. Okay, Hamilton's maybe not the, the most frenetic of opposition, but he looked quite steady there. And um, O'Connor's... Um, Played for Ireland, doesn't he? I mean, he's not, he's not came, he's not had a game for us or whatever. But certainly highly, highly rated at Man United, and he's, he's kind of made the step up for for the Republic. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see these guys getting some game time. We've got Jack Hendry at the back, and Celtic signed him. And as Louis said, he must have did their due, due diligence. And right, easy for you to say. Big. <laughs> Barry, 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 you're you're a better pundit. Have you got anything you'd like to add? Is Jack Hendry not going out on loan though? A Belgian club Belgian, somewhere, right, so, supposedly. I don't so think we actually don't have Jack Hendry. Sorry about it's going out the, 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 the move hasn't happened yet. Okay. Might do when the, the pod drops, but we'll be fine. There is around a 50-50 <laughs> chance of that move going through, according to my mum. <laughs> I hope, oh, I hope they do just put loads of quotes in this week just to... So, so, <laughs> Man, so Manny's mole's going to have a Twitter account by the end of the night. They're going to take a wee screenshot and it'll just be your picture like a wee newspaper journalist's picture. My mole watch. Mole watch. Um, I mean, uh, it'd be quite nice if PSG didn't pump his 9-0 button on it. Oh, aye. Yeah, it's terrifying. Are we, are we 7-0? You'd love that. Seven, no, I would take that. Um, what about the the formation and and how we'll line up? Do you think um, do you think Lennon will, will kind of show his hand, or do you think he'll? Is that something we'll probably need to wait for the first game of the season to really see what way it's going to go? I think he'll probably do a mixture um, of the three five two and the four three three or four three two one. Um, it'll be interesting because obviously, El you know, she's come back and. There's been talk that maybe he could play the sort of second striker off of Eddie, but I don't see that. So you're going to have to get him into the team some way. Um, so I think he'll play a mixture and just kind of see which which one fits. And we might see that throughout the season that we change even during games, change between the formations uh, with a substitution or two. Um, the what was I going to say? Yeah, the the transfer window opened um, today. Um, I, I think that was quite a random kind of announcement that was made made this morning. The SFA said, "Oh, by the way, the window's open." So the transfer window is open until the fifth of October. Um, and obviously, we, we've discussed Wiseman. Um, we've still not got a goalkeeper. Um, we still only have uh, Scott Bain. Um, and then Con- is it Connor Hazard? Is the the backup. Um, anybody worried about that? Still no movement. There's been a couple of kind of you know dodgy pundits talking about uh, Fraser Foster again, but you know are we starting to squeak get to squeaky bum time with us. Oh yeah. Are you flapping? I mean, the windows open normally. You want business done quite quickly. It's the fourteenth of July. Open today. I just said that about. But we've not signed Andy. You're not listening. I don't. You, you should. Be used to that. What if you get? What if you get up on that computer screen? 
You don't want to know. No, I just actually, you, you'll appreciate this, Louis. I just noticed that Connor Hazard wasn't on the Celtic website on the squad. So I was just uh, double checking. We hadn't punted him to someone, but. No. I, I, I bet Fraser Foster is, and he's yeah. nowhere to see him for the last three weeks. <laughs> um, right, so everybody's quite relaxed then. Everybody's on the Bain train. Got a first class tickets. Uh, I, I like Bain, but he's not. Nah, he's not number one. Not for the 10. I just think Celtic must be just giving Foster as long as possible because um, you don't want to sign someone and then get towards the start of the season or even the start of the qualifiers and then it becomes available again so I think Celtic are just going to give it as long as possible yeah. to, to see if he makes up his mind Imagine imagine Scott Bain was the number one and he was absolutely sensational when we won 10 in a row how much, how, how much would you all love him then? Hey, so many Aye, if uh, a player was really successful for it, I would pure love that way. Obviously. Come on. So, you're so negative. I just hate that you hate him so much. No, no, it's, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I don't. But you could name any player and see if you said, see if they were pure amazing and they scored like hundreds of goals for us, would you love them then? Yes, I would. Probably Kenny Miller. Scored 30 goals this season, would I love him? Yes, I would. Jesus. Um, if he is great, we can call him like Strikers Bane. That would be a. I think you should have kept that for the midweek bounce. To be honest with yeah. you, <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a standards on here. Come on, yeah. you used to be good with the puns as well, but um, anyway, on to the the Ayer news. Uh, Christopher Ayer, Celtic centre half of a couple of years after a loan move to Kilmarnock when he was pure shape. Um, we could be getting upwards of twenty two million pounds for him. Um, apparently Celtic are holding out for 27 which I mean if, if Lowell pulls that off it deserves a statue in my opinion um, I mean it's a no-brainer 22 million even you've you've got you just say yes don't you bud no no because you're a Celtic fan and you want to win 10 in a row um, <laughs> correct bud <laughs> who, who's your centre-backs when Ayer goes in fact I'll tell you who your centre-backs are we take in 22 million Seven and a half million of that's going straight to fucking Aberdeen. We're oh, going to sign fucking... That's, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. I told you earlier I had an exclusive. I can exclusively reveal that the club, I've got a young French centre-half already lined up to replace Christopher Ayer. What's his name? My mole says I'm not allowed to say it now. I have to wait till next week's podcast, so tune in. You're getting in no print articles at all here. And I hate how negative you are. I absolutely hate how negative you are. And I can exclusively reveal that the Jack Henry deal has been confirmed. <laughs> you animal. My mole. So, listen, your mole's clearly not as uh, good as my mole. You need to be less negative. 22 million for uh, Christopher Ayer. We might do business if my mole tells us who we're getting in. Said that this fake French guy you're talking about. Over. All I'll tell you is he's 19. Anyway, um, on a serious note, I have 22 million. Somebody, come on, play the game. Um, it's big money for him. Um, I'm a bigger fan of him than you all, joking aside. I think he, he can make some rash decisions, but he's still young. He's got a lot of great attributes. You call it just running into space, but a centre-half that can bring the ball forward like that is... You know, can really kickstart attacks. We've seen how good he was driving forward um, at Petodre, um at the end of last season. That was a big result, a big goal for us. Um, 22 million or 27 million, if we hold out for that, is excellent money, if you will. But again, it's who do we get in? Do we have somebody signed up? Do we have somebody lined up? Are we going to roll the dice? Are we going to bring through some of the young guys I was talking about? I mean, Jack Henry's away, so. I've just exclusively revealed. So he's not part of it. So you're getting really, really light uh, defensively. I would only sanction that going for the 10 if we've got a, a, a replacement of his quality going forward. And that's the problem. We might not. We see the issue with goalkeeper position. I would be I would be really worried if I went and we didn't have somebody of similar quality bringing. Um, but that's... You know, I mean that, that's that's the one worry I've got. We've not heard anybody really linked at centre half just now. So you can have all the money you want in the bank. It's about it's about the, the, the quality that comes in after it. 
Did anyone hear the, the sort of talk that AC Milan were willing to add a couple of their defenders to, to yeah, the Yeah, I saw that, Barry, aye. Um, that might be something worth looking into because if it said it was 15 million and then I think one of the boys was that, is it Musaccio or I don't know how you pronounce his name, the Argentina defender. Um, don't know, something like that might be worth looking into if... It means it solves the problem right away. Uh, if you're getting a couple of your defenders plus a big load of cash, then you'd like to think defenders coming from AC Milan would be of a decent standard. But then if they're going to spunk 27 million on higher, then who knows? Correct. <laughs> big bouncy. No, no, not for me. Not for me. It is, you're, you're, obviously, it's a ridiculous amount of money, 27 million especially, but. I mean, when Lennon's talking about, I'm saying Lennon's talking about, but potentially Lennon's looking at playing free at the back. You know, you've got Julien, you've got um, El Hatem, who may or may not have a fitness issue. Um, El Hatem? El Hamed? El Hamed, yes. Hatem, El Hamed. You just get three names, so you just fire them in the all day you want. It's, uh, it's, it's me. Uh, I. There's there's not enough there, um, and as much as yet we spent that seven million or so on Julian last summer, are we going to do that again? Do we trust the board to release seven eight million to buy a, a decent quality defender and for that not to be Scott McKenna? Um, yeah, I I think I think you make a good point. I really don't want Scott McKenna, and I, I get what everybody's saying in terms of you know. It's who you replace them with, and we've seen the vast amount of, of money that the the club have recouped in player sales and not invested. Um, you know, there's a lot of money that's probably we've, we've lost a lot of it because of uh, the coronavirus. But I mean, we had a lot of money in the bank um, at one point, but it wasn't being used necessarily on the players. Um, maybe one kind of marquee signing, you know, each each uh, summer window or whatever. Um, so I, I get that. I take that on board. You know, if you're not going to get a, a better quality player in, or a, at least a, a like for like in terms of quality, then yeah, you are taking a big risk. I think that kind of money though for Christopher Ayer is fantastic. I mean, there's no you can't you couldn't tell me that Christopher Ayer is a better player than what Kieran Tierney was when he left us. For, for the money that he went for. I wouldn't say Ayer was as good or had played as consistently well as what Kieran Tierney had. I think he's got flaws in his game which are, which are pretty obvious. I don't think he's as good defensively. I think, as Samani says, he's great at running into space. And that, and that is that is a valuable attribute to have um, because not everybody can do it and not everybody's got the confidence to do it. But I think defensively he's still frail and fragile at times. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of mad comparisons to Virgil Van Dyke. I mean, that well, is just—he he brings the ball out. He's a big gazelle of a player who moves the ball but, forward. But, but I think Virgil, that's a very Vir- obvious comparison. He might not be as good, but he can compare two players. No, but Virgil Van Dyke was—I mean, he—he he had his flaws, but uh, you know, he, he was still head and shoulders above anybody else in the league at the point he left. Ayers not like that. Which centre back in the league's better than Ayer? I think Julien's the Julian. only one to start out. <laughs> the one next. And he's to him. not perfect, and he. Oh. Eh, no, I mean, look at the age Ayer. I think he is. I think he's an attractive proposition to European to top European sides. And um, as I say, twenty-seven million. I would be shocked if we got that much, but I'm not surprised that we're looking at a lot of money for him. Um, the other problem for me is just that right now. I think our squad needs another decent centre-back. So if you're selling Ayer, I would really expect to... Well, I wouldn't expect, but I would want to quality centre-backs in. I just don't see it happen. Well, I mean, right now we've only got Julian Ayer and El Hamid. You know, yeah. And then you've got the likes of Walsh and O'Connor. But um, you, know, you, you can't rely on those guys. So right now you've only got three. So yeah, I think you're right. I think we need one in anyway. Then. But if, at the end of the day, if AC Milan put down 22 million we're taking it there's no you'd be so naive to think just because it's a 10 in a row season that they're not going to take that kind of money if that money comes in for anybody other than Eddie 
they're off. I would, um, I would expect that. But then, uh, if you know, if it gets to the qualifiers for Europe and we aren't in a position to bring someone else in, are we then looking at the the cost of missing out in Europe potentially because we've got a makeshift defence? Are we looking at the cost of not having 10 in a row merchandise getting sold all sorts? We're, you know, we're all buying but, fucking pencil but, cases and everything if we do 10 in a row. So but, Bowd, your boy, I could buy without higher pal. Your boy doesn't even want to be here, Bowd. He's been touting himself away for a move for, with two agents now. Look, Christian's been speaking he doesn't to give, so far. He doesn't give a he shit just about the team. Neither does Christian. A little visit and he'll want to stay for as long. Christian as long as had it. to look up 10 in a row on Wikipedia to find out if it had ever been done before. He's not the man to be relying on here. Anyway, um, we're going to move on to... Um, information on the training ground regarding the IRD deal. For, for another mole on his back. Is that there is a likely chance that he will go but there is also a likely chance that Ayer will remain part of the squad in this 10 in a row season. Samani, do us all a favour. I think I know what it's going to be, but give us a percentage. 65 chance of him going. Oof. 65 chance of him staying. Is <laughs> <Here's> your headline. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we were linked with another um, player during, or at the weekend there, um, Podens of Wolves. He's a, is he a left winger, right winger? I think he's a right winger. Um, he played the other night um, for Wolves and I think he got man of the match, was very good. Um, so, you know, they, they bought him for like 17, I think they bought him for 17 million or something. Um, and they, they only bought him in either January or, or, or yeah. last summer. So he, he's he's really not had any chance of, to make an impact yeah, January. Um, but on the kind of wider point, not necessarily about him, but do we need a, a, a new kind of right winger to, to challenge James Forrest? He, he doesn't have a lot of challenge now, especially with, with Shved, um probably kind of going out on loan now. Do you think it's a position that we, we kind of need to prioritise as well? I mean, personally, I'd, I'd prioritise is maybe the wrong word because there's clearly other positions where we need to prioritise more than that. But I think if we could get somebody in to challenge Forrest, I really think we should. I don't feel entirely comfortable with relying on James Forrest for the whole season. Just purely because he has his ups and downs. He always does. He has... He, He's fantastic for the majority of the season, but he always has lulls. And I'd like to see somebody come in, you know, maybe like a Paddy Roberts figure who's, you know, he's not expected to do much and he'll sit on the bench most of the time quite happy picking up a salary and then he'll come on showboat now and again. I mean, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, I think you saw how well um, James upped his game with having that bit of pressure on him. Um and again, I think, as I mentioned earlier, you can never have too many quality players. Uh, I just think with that Podence guy, it's just our luck that we're linked with a guy who hasn't kicked the ball all season and then that very day, um, he's man of the match uh, for Wolves. So, I don't know. I think I think this season it might be a case that we do just utilise the loan market even more because if we can get quality, like Sel Unice, who we wouldn't be able to buy outright, um, yeah, uh, just to give us that extra bit of quality to guarantee the 10. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this in the week but, uh, quite a lot recently, but the loan market could be the place where we pick up that extra bit of quality that we can't afford, especially in the, the financial climate that will be coming, not just for us, but for some other clubs as well. Um, it, it might be that we can get somebody who is normally out with a reach um, well, Manny, just to, sorry to butt in, but um, uh, something miraculous has happened. Um, news just in. Paddy Roberts has scored a goal tonight. He has scored a goal. It must be his first goal in football in a couple of years. But he scored a goal. You know, can't afford him now. Well, that's it. Would you like him back? Of course. And so would you. I mean... Even that there, when you were talking about I would, I would. I'd like somebody in like Paddy Roberts, you know, doing this, doing that. That was just to, that was just to emotionally hurt me. I think we all know you'd like him back. I'd only pay a fiver for him, but aye. I think the whole city would like Paddy Roberts back. And do you know what? You can re- exclusively review your mold, he's come back. No, no, no. Look, listen. <laughs> don't, 
don't I don't make my exclusives up. Not all of them anyway, but you know, I would uh, exclusives come to you. <laughs> any any other any other positions or you know, bowed have not really heard from you much recently. Obviously you've been bouncing around with uh, big protein himself, uh, Brian McManus. Any positions that you think that we need either backup in just to add a bit of competition or, you know, any areas of priority other than the obvious kind of goalkeeper and, and maybe a centre half? Yeah, well those those are those are the two big ones. But um I think you're you're very right about Forrest because um, although we've got Moyen, which is fantastic, um, if him or uh, Mikey Johnson get an injury, then Forrest is also our, our backup left winger. Um, there's no real competition on the right side, uh, so we definitely, I think, need someone in. Um, although that position might be more redundant if we do move to the three at the back, and maybe it's just Frimpong there. Forrest might be seeing less games if we are playing that formation more. Um, other than that, as I say, I think central midfield were looking solid, especially <clears throat> if the young boy Robertson comes in a bit more. Um, if Sorrow can get a chance and starts to show something. Uh, and then really it's just striker and whether or not Bio or Clamalla can step up. Um, talking about um, central midfielders there, um, Damien Duff was on the... Oh, what's that called again? Open goal. Open goal. Um, and he was talking about uh, Cal McGregor and saying how he was world class. He's just a world class player and he's, he keeps, you know, he would, he would regularly tell him that. He said he could play for Barcelona if he wanted. Um, and it's really all about how, you know, how he simplifies the game down, how, he, how great he is at taking on information and, and you know, affecting games and, and just playing very simply, but, you know, to a very, very high level. So, Manny, we used to have a bit of verbal sparring back in the day, as we always do, I suppose, but we used to around uh, Cal McGregor. Um, you famously said how he was not good enough and was nothing but a squad player. What do you think of him now? How good is he? I mean, we're talking here about Ayer going for 22 million. I mean, you know, I don't know if you could put a value on, on Cal McGregor, but where do you think his standing is in terms of the squad now? McGregor is better than I initially thought he would be. No, McGregor's... I mean, the best thing about McGregor is exactly what Duff says, is that he keeps things simple. He's not flashy. Now, he's not... He's the sort of guy that you need in a lot of the good teams, you know, that our quality are really consistent. You know, a lot of their good work goes unnoticed. When Lambert was at his peak for us, a lot of the time, you never noticed him because he just kept the ball moving. You know, he broke play up. You could tell, it's only when you actually looked at him, you seen the work he'd done in the class act he was. Now, McGregor does get forward and score goals for us. But generally speaking, McGregor is just, you know, the engine. He just keeps things ticking over. Plays a simple ball, keeps it moving. Got that touch of quality about him. Some other players, like, for instance, in Cham, when in Cham's on form, you notice him more than you would notice McGregor. And that's that's what's so good about him. I think McGregor could play in a much, much um, bigger league than the, 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 than for us. And again, it's it's just because he does that. He keeps things moving. He's simple. Um, his passing's good. You know, he does everything well. Um, and that's what's so good about McGregor. What's kind of notable about him, though, is He's very rarely linked away with us. You get the odd tenuous link when the rats linked with him, but you never really hear of other clubs coming in and moving for him. Now that I think that might change next year. See after the ten, I think you'll hear about clubs coming and looking at McGregor. He might re- reconsider his, his position within the club at that time. But he's he's an immensely important player for us. And I genuinely think, and I said this last week, see this lockdown, the, the three month break that he's had, I think it'll do a guy like him an immense amount of good because of the amount of football he was playing. Straight into qualifiers normally after the season ends, you know, um, just no break. Having Tierney were playing the most minutes in world football, this, I think you could actually see a better Callum McGregor um, after when the season starts this year because he's had a proper break. Although Duff also, I think on that open goal was really, really praising John Kennedy as well. Um, 
don't know where that, I just got off a tangent saying that, but yeah, he did. Uh, he really praised him on that. So, but yeah, no, McGregor's an important player for us, and I hope, um, I definitely hope we can hold on to him. Personally, I think I still think he's kind of underrated by a lot of people. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, but for me, he's you know other than Eddie, obviously, because Eddie's you know just such a he's on a different level in many respects. But after Eddie, Callum McGregor is the best player at the club. And I, I don't you know I don't have any doubt of that. I think you know Eddie, you need for the goals, obviously, but. You know, if you took Cal McGregor at that team, if we didn't have Cal McGregor, I would be very, very worried about you know about the team and 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 how it functions because I think he's so critical to it. Keeping him here, I don't, I don't think I know. We've, there's been a lot of debate about what will happen after after this season and who will stay and who will go. You know, either way, I think Cal McGregor will be the captain. I think he'll be the future captain after Scott Brown, and I think he'll stay because of that. I don't, I really don't think he'll leave. Um, because I think he's just such a down-to-earth boy that that's, you know, it's not about going and, and necessarily, you know, look at Kieran Tierney. I mean, Kieran Tierney, he's came on to a great game and he's he's devoted player of the month there for, for Arsenal, playing really well. But You can't, you can't see if Duff's seen uh, McGregor world-class, which I think, I mean, I know I... I it's taken me a while to come around to Callum McGregor, but that was about three years ago I said that way. But McGregor's a hugely important player. See if he's world class. There is absolutely no way he's going to stay with us. There's absolutely... See, you're saying that he'll stay and be the future captain and things like that. I'm sorry, but world class players don't stay at Celtic just now because of the financial situation. So, but I know, but from his point of view, what would a, what would a couple of seasons down in England do for him? He's never going to be remembered for that. He's only going to be remembered for what he does does at Celtic. What's he going to do? It's going to set him and his family up for life. Well, yeah, that's the only thing. It's financial. If he wants to do it for financial reasons, then fair enough. But I just think he won't. I think he'll want to stay because he could become an absolute legend of the club in a way that, you know, Kieran, Kieran Tierney didn't do. You I, know, think, I, go on. I mean, I mean, feed into this nonsense that he's talking about. I, th- I actually agree with Lou. I think, see, if you were to offer him, say, like, say, the 10 celebrations and after we've had a six-month uh, hangover, whatever, see, if you said to him, you're the next captain, I think that might be something that would turn his head and think, captain of Celtic. Um, I often thought, see, when um, when Lennon had retired um, and... Uh, did Lennon leave? No, I think, see, when, uh, when McNamara had left and Lennon took over as captain, I think if you'd given it to Petrov, Petrov might have stayed at us a bit longer. Um, I just thought sometimes there is that sort of, the sort of aura about giving them the captain's armband as a gesture. Um, captain of Celtic still, I think, even in this day age, does have um, a weight about it. Yeah, and uh, like... The producer Chris Gallagher is chiming in here on on the chat that we can see, and he's talking about to play at the highest level and all this pish. I think he's probably talking about England, and yet we like to say how English football is shite and it's all these shite games against mediocre rubbish teams. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Going down, to, going down to England isn't going to make him, you know, such a better player, and it's going to, you know, be the highlight of his career playing at the highest level. I mean. It's all the pish. You've got to be realistic, Louis. I, I agree. I agree with pretty much everything that's been said about him. He's outstanding. It's really, it'd be incredible if we can keep a hold of him because we're going to be losing <laughs> Scott Brown. We're going to be losing Eddie. We're going to be losing Ayer. We're going to be losing a lot of very important players to this team. So getting someone who can kind of carry through, um, have a, you know, the old heads that can, that can help the squad would be fantastic. But, He's going to be 28 next summer. Um, as Sir Manny says, he'll be able to triple his wages at least. And as much as the English league might be a bit shite, it is seen as the best league in the world. It's certainly the richest league in the world. For him as a professional to get the chance to go and prove himself, and as Gal's trying to say in the comments, possibly have a chance of winning the Champions League, depending on who he plays with. <sighs> You've got to be. There's a there's a good chance that McGregor will be going. I'm, I hope I mean, not. Right, but listen, 
it goes That's back. Right. It goes back to the point about Duff initially saying he's world class, right? He sees him in training, right? So I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say that McGregor's world class. I'd say somebody like Eddie could be world class. He's. I don't think he is, but only at Celtic, he's probably the only player I could say world class. Is he a player that could go and play at the top level of one of the top five leagues in Europe? I think he is. I genuinely do. And because of that, I think if a club comes in and makes an offer for him, he's gone. I, I mean, Tierney, I mean, Barry, you're saying about the Celtic captaincy. Who was primed for it? Kieran Tierney. Who was the bell of the Fleming Celtic support? Kieran Tierney. See, I'm balling. Aye, because, I because he fucking, he made him sell that. Aye, he over that ice. Celtic fan. And we couldn't keep him at the club for 10 No, hours. no, no, no. We, what do you mean we couldn't keep? He chose to leave. Eh? He chose to leave. Exactly. Because when they... It's not our fault he left. He, he went, oh, look at all that money. Let me let me fucking... Give me a spoon. Let me soup it up. Put all the money in his Tesco yes. carrier bag. Exactly. Barry's got it. He's, he's even walking about with a Tesco bag as if he shops at Tesco. Uh, he gets a Waitrose delivery. You'll man be of the people in 25 grand a week wasn't enough for him. Even McGregor's playing under the rat next season with an answer. You'll be like, ah, he's scum, he's scum. Tesco, my ass. Um, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on to um, we're gonna run over. I don't care what the producer says. We're running over. It was a new podcast came out the day of it. In fact, I think Bowd, you were maybe on it. The the football bastards one. With the definition Martin. was that was the that definition? not? I don't know. Was that yesterday? The day before? I don't know. I don't know. We're not on Sunday. Just today, just go just to. Aye, we're not on Sunday, but it was two hours long. You know what I mean, and we're always getting curtailed ten hour, so we'll be Aye, we'll was... be running over. Aye, it's all the shite. Um, it was anyway, a great podcast. Highly recommend. Michelle, if you're not Patreon, sign up and then unsign once you've listened to it. It's that good, right? You're going to be back in the furlough in a minute. Um, Michelle, Michelle Bonger, I know I've muddled that name, but um, he asks. Um, which reserve team player, Afalabi, Dembele, Okoflex, etc., would you like to see make a breakthrough this year? There's been a lot of discussion about possibly the development squad being, uh, or development league being disbanded, um, and therefore the development players having to go out on loan. Um, we don't know if, if that is actually going to come to fruition or not. So, Manny, you mentioned earlier about um, O'Connor possibly coming in at centre-half because we're late there and, and Welsh. Um, who do you think real, realistically deserves or who, who would you trust to put in and get game time this season out of the kind of younger crop of players? Um, you know, there's a lot of names out there. I mean, um, there's a, a few names I mentioned there and, and we've been over the rest at, at various points tonight. But, you know, I, I would like to keep as many of them around as we can. But then you run the risk of them if there's no league for them to play and that they're only going to be training, which is going to hamper their development as well. Is there anybody that kind of stands out that you really want to see get get a chance? Don't know, Rush. Everybody wants to see the belly. That's the obvious answer. Um, but the two at the back are... are a Connor's one, I mean, when he came at the same time as Frimpong, I felt the press around O'Connor was a bit higher than Frimpong. Just because uh, a lot of the forums of Man United fans saying he was looking really good, but then obviously he made the breakthrough um, for the Republic in that friendly. Mind say the Yanko? Like, but, <laughs> aye, Yanko. We'll, we'll chalk that one up to a lesson, but certainly. Black it as well. Yanko. Was it? Oh, aye, we got a couple of players from Man United. Aye, Tyler um, Black it, So I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. A corner. I'll pick a corner because Dembele's too uh, too obvious an answer. I think, but I think everybody's desperate to see what he can do. See, just on Dembele, uh, I watched the the Duff uh, open goal, the the full thing uh, this morning, and um, Sai Ferry was saying to him about that game against Hearts, where Dembele kind of uh, came on for the second half. And I'd forgotten about it actually, but Duff kind of did the pep thing with him at the end, where he was telling him he should have taken his man on more. But he kind of made a comment about, he said, the, the hardest thing with Dembele is getting him to work hard, um, which kind of set the alarm bells ringing, because stuff was saying, you know, all the talent in the world, but 
if you don't if you don't work hard, then it can all be in vain. So, and I think I think on one of the uh, one of the agendas, did Kieran not say as well that he came back uh, the most unfit? Um, so I don't know if he's even more more unfit than Griffiths was. So that's a worry. But I think just as Manny said, uh, attacking players are what we're all about, and um, he seems to be brilliant at taking men on. So that was just a wee worry that Duff had said that, um, particularly when yes, he talked about. That's a danger yeah. when you're the best player at your age group and, that, you know, around you that maybe you just get a bit cocky. I know what happened to me. <laughs> imagine imagine Bowdoos of that stature at that age. You'd have had the cigars and whiskey slippers on. I've no, no bother at all. I remember in primary four, uh, just before we broke up for the summer, Bowdoos was ripping the pish at everybody at St Mirren's. And he came back at primary five, you know, he'd put the pounds on. He'd hit the buck fast and it was just downhill for there. I mean, never get, never get him off since. That summer of 92, it just went to his head, man. And always signing on for you. <laughs> uh, I'm quite excited about Welsh, just in that, again, as I mentioned, I think it's a position we need. And he looked, I mean, we didn't see much of him, but he looked pretty decent. Um, yeah, I, I would quite like to see Robertson, although it's a, I think there's just so much competition and, and centre midfield you know he's probably not going to get the chance but I would like to see what he's got it would be interesting to see if he features or any of these players feature in the the next few games over the next week Um, I think we're going to wrap up but the one thing I wanted to talk about was the rat um, you know, the Rat Watch is a is a major segment, really the highlight of me and Samani's the last Samani McCaffrey podcast, which you can get on the Patreon if you subscribe. Um, the Rat has anybody been watching the games? It's, it's started to take over my life a wee bit, my hatred for him again. I've been watching like every game that could have an effect on them. Watched the Man United game last night, absolutely gutted that they drew, and that meant that they didn't leapfrog them and put them into fifth. Um, but I, ha ha ha, the rat's getting, karma's coming back to bite him. I loved last night, Lee, how you said when, when Armstrong scored that uh, he was a rat sympathiser. He's got his sympathisers like, uh, you know, Tesco's favourite shopper, um, Kieran Tierney. But, um, so Manny, have you watched it? Have you watched any games in Hatred? Um, yeah, in fact, I watched a wee bit of the, the Bournemouth game. And um, Leicester went one up, and I went, ah, I'm not watching this. And then it was only when I perused the 90 minutes on it in WhatsApp that I, that I see that he had made an absolute arse of it. Turned it on just in time for the fourth. So it was absolutely sensational. But the bits and pieces I have seen of it is, it's almost like a, a kind of a snapshot of his career at Liverpool and then it is um, that he's repeating with Leicester. He devises a system he plays with such intensity, he gets success, teams figure him out, he refuses to change or he can't change, and then it's downhill all the way from there. And I mean, some of the comments for some of the Leicester fans did amuse me, right? You know, uh, this is a disgrace, that's a disgrace, as if Leicester are well, a Champions League team. But at the same time, to have been so far ahead and third at one point, to then blow it, it looks as if they're not going to qualify for the Champions League. I can see why they're annoyed. And I love it. Absolutely no harm to any Leicester fans. But ha ha, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And it's just, it just sums up the man. In the all, you can pinpoint every single bit of it. When has the form been shite since? December. When was all the Arsenal talk? December. The man touted himself, flashed his knickers at the Arsenal job. It didn't work out. The players fell out for him. UEFA Cup, here he comes. Oud, you're another sympathiser. You like to maintain the whiskers of the man. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go defend him. Go defend him. I've got no defence for him. I think Sarmani's absolutely right. I think if Leicester should be happy getting fifth if they were offered that start of the season, not a problem. Um, and you raised another point, which I was uh, wasn't the main cynic WhatsApp that was uh, I mentioned it on, but um, too many English clubs look down in the Europa League. Pretty much outside of maybe half a dozen of them, the Europa League would be the greatest achievement any English club has, has won. 
Um, and yet you've got people like Leicester fans uh, looking down on it like, oh, fuck, I'd rather not even play in it. I think they need to have a good look in the fucking mirror. That's because the EPL is the, the highest level possible, bro. Did you not well, know? Well, this is true. This is true. Excitement in every game. <laughs> Barry, get it up on me. All right, fuck him. Um, the, the last thing, just yeah. quickly. The, <laughs> I just get it up on me. Did anybody manage to, to pre-order the, the kit this week? I never. That's, that kind of spat it on me because they went doing long sleeves to take the sponsor, which is kind of my my trademark but I gave them nearly £200 a week before so I'm happy to hold off for a wee while what about you? Uh, I, I got it I got it for me and the wee man um, I got I, I got I got him the kit 45 kid, 45 quid for a for a kit for a two year old he'll probably only wear once it's a bit of a bump but hey it's an Adidas kit and it's going to it'll stay with the family for a very long time uh, Bout Bout you spend a bit of cash uh, I'm like Barry I oh, on the training kit it's, it's happening I'm probably I'm definitely getting a Love Street one um, and the hoops I'll get as well I'm just I, I couldn't be arsed I went on it was crashing and then that was me I was like fuck it it's pre-order I'll get it when I get it you'll be, you'll be getting rat in the back of yours anyway won't you aye rat 10 <laughs> the 10 in a row that belongs <laughs> to <laughs> Brendan Rogers. oh wow <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right, I think we'll um, I think we'll wrap up and leave it there. Obviously, the games uh, being back from um, Thursday of this week. Uh, you can go to the pub. You can. I don't know if it's going to be on. Quarter past five kickoff. Quarter past five. That was delightful. Um, so the three games coming up. The the cynic are going to have uh, the reaction. The reaction podcast is going to be back straight after the game, um, or well, you know, once we've recorded it. Um, I think we are all due to be on the reaction at some point. Yep. Um, so top, you'll, top choices from Gal for the reaction crew. Well, you know, you've got to get the top pundits on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday bowed now. Canned up. Oh, aye. That's what Saving myself for you, gorgeous. A subscription. I'm working That's right up to five. Then straight on it. Charge in the bus. All right, what are you having for your dinner? Working from home. <laughs> working from home. <laughs> I'm working till five. Um, <laughs> I so the reactions back. You'll hear from all of us over the course of the next week, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see um, see the boys back in action. So Manny, it's been a pleasure as always. Oi, thanks for having me. I can exclusively reveal I've had a terrific time, and I'll be here next week. Well, there's a 50-50 chance of that. Uh, Chris Bowd, um, it's good to have you back. You know, you've been a bit of a Tory recently and only gone on the, the kind of paywall podcast. I'd but... say you've been a bit of a Tory and not inviting me, Louis, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I, I don't disagree. I still give you a strong hail hail. Jesus. <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Um, Barry, you know, you're the only one I can really rely on these days. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. This has been the Cynic Weekly and we will speak to you down the road.